0: Hello and welcome to the Keep Connecting podcast by With Locals, Peggy and Ikram here. Hello, Ikram. Hi guys, hello. With Locals is a platform where travellers and local hosts usually connect to then explore the city and its culture together physically in the city, as offline connections are currently not possible and crucial measures are being taken to prioritise everyone's health and safety. We have to be creative. This podcast has been initiated in response to the outbreak of COVID-19 and has the aim to still connect people and cultures from all around the world online. So as summer is approaching, people are getting anxious to finally leave their house or even their town or city as rules start to relax. However, the way in which they travel will most likely be different than what they were used to before. For this episode, we talked to two hosts from two very different kinds of cities. As borders begin to open and tourism begins to be a possibility again, we want to find out how the near or even far future might look for them in terms of tourism.
1: All so. right, Peggy, thanks. So, uh, yeah, let's get right to it, right? Um, yeah, let's start with introducing our first host, which is Dina. She has been working with locals for around two years now in a beautiful Italian city, um, which is fortunately, or unfortunately, depends on who you ask, uh, it welcomes a mass of tourists every year into its relatively small city centre. Um, and she is one of our favourite Florence locals. Hi Dina, how are you doing? Hi, hello Ikram. how are you? Um, I'm good, yeah, thanks. Great. Uh yes.
2: Actually, I um, I have been a tour guide for for uh, since like two years. Since they they start in um, in Florence, that's where I am a, a tour guide. And Do you
1: know, Dina, how many uh, tourists visit
2: Florence a year? I was reading that it was a, about twenty one million tourists.
1: Yes. Today, how many? Uh... Yeah, Today I guess we it's don't reduce to uh, zero.
2: Yes, today we don't have any international uh, tourists, we only have some locals. I can tell you that I know some uh, guides that they have been working with Italians. So, let's say they're a little bit, you know, starting to to work and to at least show uh, the beauty of, uh, of Florence right now. Oh,
1: beautiful. Well, can you tell us a bit about yourself? Who is Dina? And yeah, how did you get into being a guide?
2: Um, well, uh, I started about th- four years ago, and I was a food tour uh, guide. And, uh, well, in Florence, there's this uh, license that you must have to to be a guide, not for the food tours, but, you know, it's always good to have it, although if you make food tours. So I went back to school. Um, I had an amazing uh, professor of uh, history of art, and I fall in love with
0: art. Because I actually thought you I, were going to say you fell in love with, with the him. professor. I was like, oh, some juicy gossip here. <laughs> <laughs> that's how you got into it. <laughs> no, no, no.
2: Um, no, he was amazing. And uh, instead of continuing making the food tours, well, I decided to start doing art and history um, tours. And, and that's why. I'm a foodie, so I, I still make some food tours, but really randomly. Um, I love art. I think that one of the most uh incredible things of my life is the fact that I live in a beautiful city like Florence where whatever you just turn yeah, exactly. around you have you have art or architecture history. Uh, sometimes I tell to my um, customers that it's really incredible to b- think that in the same streets that we are we are what we were walking in that moment. Well, Michelangelo, Raffaello, Donatello, Leonardo—they walk in, the, in those same streets. So it's it's really incredible.
1: Wow, beautiful! I can only imagine as well what it's yeah to walk there now. But we'll get to that uh, uh, in a bit going on to uh, to actually introduce uh, uh, our second host and wrapping up the introduction afterwards uh, our second host uh, lives a little bit further away uh, meet benoit
3: hello Akram. how are you
1: i'm good thank you hey benoit you live in a actually larger quite a large city and it covers two continents both europe and asia beautiful
3: yes. istanbul yes a huge city and uh, as large as a country, so um, like Belgium, uh, the yeah. country where I come from, has less population than the city I'm living in, Istanbul.
0: Wow, that's a that's a fact for yes. you. I didn't
3: know that. Yeah, me yes. neither actually.
1: And and how are things over there at the moment, Benoit? Uh,
3: well, uh, I think Turkey hasn't been is going fairly well compared to other countries, I think because they have the population is very young. There's few uh, elder people. Um, and also that old people are taken, are taken care by the family in general. Yeah. And uh, maybe also Turkish people are more resistant to uh, microbes or to germs. I don't know. For different reasons. It hasn't been as bad as, um, as in uh, Western Europe, Italy and Spain. Um, but there's been like uh, 4,500 dead. Um, but uh, now uh, the daily uh, rate of death is like 20 and it's going down every day. So we are on the right i yeah.
1: Well, happy to hear that things are, uh, we're, we're already relatively going fine and even improving. Is it in terms of, uh, um, if you look before, well, of course, the entire crisis happened. Uh, what was life? Then, it, like then in uh, Istanbul, especially when you look at tourism, what was it like then?
3: Uh, it happened a uh, little bit after Western Europe. So we continued to work, whereas um, people would had already stopped to work in other countries. But mm-hmm. uh, we started to be careful and then uh, uh, people stopped coming. And so we haven't had any tourists for the last uh, two months, at, at least, maybe two and a half months. So in my case, uh, I decided to go to the countryside because there was nothing to do in Istanbul. So I, and I can hear to the, the
1: birds on the background.
3: Yes, exactly. Uh, we are 65 kilometers from Istanbul, but it's a uh, total countryside. You would feel like the in the Ardennes in France or Belgium, in the in the forest, uh, in the hills. Uh, but the difference there is more sun here. So. Yeah. Uh, even if you are close to Istanbul you are able to feel outside Istanbul in an hour if there's not a lot of traffic.
1: And, and just out of curiosity as well, how did you end up becoming a guide in, uh, in Istanbul?
3: Uh, I used to work as, um, as a textile manager and um, I was tired of what I was doing, I, was, I wanted to do something different and uh, there was a, a long distance walk called the Lysian or the Lysian Trail in Turkey. It's 500 kilometers. And uh, I had the project of doing it uh, before getting old, let's say. And uh, I managed to do part of it. So I thought I I was fit to do more work. And then I start doing long distance hikes in different parts of Turkey. I did the St. Paul's Trail, the Carrion Trail, uh, walk in the um, Black Sea uh, Mountains and so on. And then I met somebody who asked me whether I wanted to um, be a tour leader for German groups uh, of hikers. So I was uh, quite excited to uh, be able to join uh, my hobbies and uh, to earn some money also out of um, uh, guiding. And uh, so I started guiding um, German hikers for about uh, two years, but I didn't have a, a license. I decided to uh, apply for a license. I went back to school like uh, Dina, exactly the same. And um, I follow a course of six months, at the end of which I got my license. And then uh, I started to work uh, as a normal cultural guide um, because I love history. I love culture and I like hiking and I love food. So there's plenty of... Uh, uh, Perfect subject. mix. Yeah, yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly,
0: exactly. Yeah, because you were uh, food, you were doing food tours as well, right, Banwa?
3: Yes, yes, exactly.
0: So we actually have uh, two hosts here that are very similar in uh, in many ways because they're both big uh, foodies and uh yeah and doing foodie tours themselves uh but then with the the big difference of uh dina you're from a city that's you know relatively or very small let's say that uh, fits 21 million tourists in a year and then benoit you're from a city that's uh, bigger in population than, city. <laughs> yeah than your your whole country and uh i guess you never really had the situation where uh, you're suffering with over tourism in Istanbul. Is that correct? Uh,
3: no, maybe in the city center uh, when there was the, the cruise ships. Uh, because most of the cruise ships um, they only stay one night or one day in in the city, and they want to see as much as possible, and they stick to the um, to the main uh, attractions like uh, Hagia Sophia, the Blue Mosque, Topkapi Palace. That's all. So you see everybody there. But if you uh, walk uh, away uh, 500 meters, uh, 1 kilometer, you don't see any tourists anymore. So -hmm. they are very concentrated in some places. But the advantage of Istanbul is it's a huge um, city with a lot of uh, different uh, attractions and a lot of hidden games. Mm -hmm. So there's always something to discover. I've been living for... Uh, More than 20 years in Istanbul, and I still discover something interesting every week. Yeah. So you never stop discovering. You know, it can be food, it can be social, it could be a new restaurant, a new attraction. So there's always something.
0: And I guess, Dina and Florence, that's getting harder and harder, right? To find a true hidden gem. Uh, I will say that it's getting harder when it's about food. (laughs) Yeah.
2: (laughs) Yes. Uh, Yes. Unfortunately, um, the restaurants, uh, the wineries, they are becoming a little bit more touristy. So and as well, some uh, artisanal shops, you know, it's getting a little bit more um, touristy. Fortunately, we are able still to to find uh, different things that are hidden gems. But, you know, we have to search for them really, really hard.
0: Yes. Uh, and how do you feel actually being a, a guide in Florence and that's really your whole that's your career so so you, you need it to survive, you know, but being in a city that's so packed with with tourists, uh, how do you feel about that? Does it frustrate you a lot or are you just happy about it?
2: I have to tell you that after the lockdown, I will never complain again. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Never <laughs> again. <laughs> um, sometimes yeah. it can be difficult, but just because of, uh, I will say the logistic. So going inside a museum, the long lines, um, maybe going through uh, the crowds in a in a piazza, or that you get you have to find the right place where you can stand in order to show absolutely everything. If you asked me before, maybe yes. I was going to tell you at a certain point, there's too much people and we have to find a way of uh, of making it um, a little bit less. Yeah. Now, after the lockdown, I'm missing a lot my job and um, being able to walk through the cities and through the city and see all the persons, the tourists that they are admiring uh, the beautiful city where I, where I live. So it's it's really hard. In this exact moment, I can tell you that I miss all of that. I miss the crowds, I miss the chaos, I miss absolutely everything. So so I will never complain again. Obviously, we have to mm. think that um everything has to be more a little bit more slow, obviously, because the city is too small. Yeah. So so yes, at a certain point we will need a, a slower kind of tourism but that doesn't mean that we don't we don't like the tourists that's what we make that's our job that's our life actually
1: yeah so, yeah, yeah really uh, what you're saying also really reminds me of um, a podcast that we did earlier with some hosts from rome and then we had valentina who is a guide in the vatican museum and she was like yeah you know it was so crowded in the vatican museum and when she would go there she would sometimes wish that the crowds would be gone but then she said, yeah, now.'" I just want my crowds back. Just please bring give them back. <laughs>
0: and exactly. Yeah, because it's exactly. to that's see, how but, you feel. Uh, yeah. I wanted to ask you, Gina, how, how are things going in, in Florence now? Or are, are things starting to open up for uh for tourists and the general public over there? So,
2: uh, the, between the second and the third, the museums start opening. Obviously, every museum and church had uh different dates when they opened, but most of them are already open. Um, you can go and visit. Uh, Obviously, there has to be a reservation made before you visit um, the museum. And it's a smaller number than usually of persons that can be inside the museum. So Mm -hmm. for obviously safety reasons. And in order to be able to stay in one room with the uh, distance, all trying to to uh, follow all the rules that we have in this moment of uh, coronavirus
0: and And do you see some potential challenges with that, like how it's going to go? say you start getting tourists and these rules are in place. Have you got any worries or concerns there about that?
2: Personally, even if I have only two persons or yeah or a, a bigger uh, group, I will always have to use the the headset. Okay. Uh, because we all need to be in a, in a distance and you can imagine going inside a, a museum, you cannot scream, right? So, yeah, yeah. So I will need it. And for me, sometimes that feels um, unpersonal. Okay. Yeah. I, I You know me, Peggy, and you know that I'm yeah. a touchy girl. So can't touch. <laughs>
0: you can't touch people anymore. <laughs>
2: yeah, I cannot touch them anymore. And I like them to be close to me. And, and that's my way. And so so I'm a little bit concerned about that, but I'm sure that we're going to be able to work uh, with that. And my second concern is the fact that I always send my tours with a hug. And I've realized that that's not going to be able for
0: yeah. a period
2: of time. And that, that i think is the the thing that makes me a little bit more sad.
0: Yeah, because these are the kind of things that really make you feel not like a guide but like a new almost like a new kind of friend or contact you know that uh, that you have it kind of uh, breaks that barrier down a bit.
2: Exactly. Yes, yeah, you spend three four hours sometimes even two or three days with a person so at the end uh yes you become friends and then uh, you get the text message uh, once a month to know how you are so so you know it's it's really hard that that for me it's uh, it, it's the thinking that i had since the first moment that they said we had to keep the distance social distance yeah. so that was my first concern
0: and do you think you will replace it with a, a bow, or or how do you think it will it will go for your goodbyes now?
2: <laughs> well, um, first of everything, for uh, saying the the first approach, let's say uh, yes, probably it's going to be a bow or a hug to myself, uh, to hug them, Aww. and yes, and and I'm thinking about something for the end of the tour. Obviously, yeah. so so yes, yes, probably it's going to be a, a surprise. But I will always send my tours with something special because I like the persons to remember. You know, it's not only the tour, the information that you give, but it's the 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 feelings, the what they feel is what they keep in their mind, and that's why they remember a tour guide.
0: Yeah, for sure. And and what about in uh, in Istanbul, at Benoit? What's uh, what's the situation there? How are things starting to open up?
3: Yes, so uh, now, uh, officially, we are back to normal. Uh, all the museums are opened. Uh, yesterday, I received some videos from uh, colleagues who were in Hagia Sophia, Santa Sophia, and, uh, but they were alone. <laughs> they, wow. People, uh, uh, yes, still alone, but uh, the, the museums and uh, the attractions are opened again. Uh, mm-hmm. With no uh, with some restriction, of course, but they're open. But uh, ourselves, I think uh, more, a lot of our tours uh, didn't include uh, going into the museum or into the attraction it was more like a walking tour. So for that that would be uh, more simple because mm-hmm. uh, you'll be able to explain a lot of the attraction from outside the main building. Uh, but of course we have to see oh, in the next few months, all this happens. Uh, whether the, the risks are, how, how high the risk are in, to go inside the museum or not. So it will take some time to, to be sure. Uh, but uh, there's so much to see in Istanbul without uh, always going into uh, closed areas. Yeah. I don't think it will be a problem. For example, we have the Bosphorus, we have the Golden Horn. Uh, we have a lot of boats, and in the boats, it's more like uh, sitting in open air, uh, going from one side to another. So you can spend a lot of time wandering, walking, uh, looking at the panorama, at the skyline, and still you still feel that you are moving and feeling um, the city.
0: And and what kind of precautions do you think that you would need? Say you have a group of five five guests tomorrow.
3: What yes, kind of uh, masks? So, every, either everyone should uh, bring a mask and also uh, wiping towels and uh, alcohol to clean your hands uh, and uh, keep the social distance. Those are, that are the three uh, main um, precautions to, to take. And avoid crowded places. Yes, for example, avoid uh, crowded markets. For example, the spice market is also... Uh, the center of the spice market is also always very busy. So avoid such places, at least in a transition period.
0: And do you think for the, the masks, that's something that, as a guide, you should provide for the guests? Or do you think it should be up to the guests to bring their own mask?
3: Um, well, it's better if they bring their own mask, but uh, the guide should also have some masks with him. Uh, of course, uh, I don't know the situation because I'm in a village here and uh, I haven't been in Istanbul for months. So uh, I don't know uh, how easy it is uh, to get a uh, good mask. I mean, uh, the one who really protect you uh, from the stores, but uh, uh, I think uh, the guest should bring them and also that the guy should have some spare with him.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, where we are lucky, luck, let's say lucky in that sense, is that all around the world, in each country, we're kind of having similar regulations. So probably everybody will be having it on top of mind as well too, to travel safely, to bring a mask, to keep the distance.
0: Yes, this was something as well. For We were discussing with locals as we started to open tours, should we provide um, the the guests masks? And obviously, we'd have to put the budget in for the hosts to do that. But one major problem we saw was it can be very hard to get masks like in UK where I'm from. Yeah. Uh, people are making their own masks out of socks. <laughs> yeah. So so how can they expect to bring the guests socks max, masks, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So
1: everyone who plans on traveling, bring your own sock masks. Yes.
0: <laughs> we can do a tutorial on, on how to make those, no problem. And uh, and how do you feel yourself personally taking a, a group of guests right now? Would you have concerns for yourself and your own health, or are you completely happy to do it?
3: Well, uh, I think I'm waiting a little bit, two or three weeks more, to see what's happening, uh, to be sure. And uh, my plan was to start in July, beginning of July.
0: Okay. Uh, And what about you, Dina? How do you feel about that? Would you be comfortable to take uh, bookings? Have you got any limits where you would say no, maybe if it's a large group or something like this?
2: Well actually yes my my problem is that um, inside the museums there's a, a number as well for the groups that you can, for the number of persons that you can take with you inside the museums and um, well I got a news today that uh, where the day that mm-hmm. is the academia basically for mm-hmm. now we are not going to be able to do the tours inside so and as well uh santa croce church they don't allow, allow the guidance so you know it's it's a little bit challenge in this period of time uh mm-hmm. how to do our work mm, i think that a big group um it's not doable in mm-hmm. this moment so the best thing is uh, the small groups families just like i work with uh with with locals and wait for a second moment to do the larger groups i i don't feel that having 10 15 persons in this moment it's doable but that's for for myself the other guides probably with more experience they can do it in a different way about the date um we will see i want to see how how the first tours how everything goes so so you know it's it's we don't have a, a, anything certain because this is all new for us. So we just have to test and wait
0: for the results and see how it works for everybody. Mm-hmm. And I guess anyway, um, as you know, with locals uh, works primarily or with just uh, private tours and experiences. So our maximum group number is eight, but on average you have three to four persons, um, but of course still a, a large part of the ma- market is uh, group tours so probably a lot less people will be interested in these group tours I, I think as well, why would you want to join a group of 30 strangers could be much more yes, this
3: is a big advantage of with locals to only work with small groups and friends or family who know each other, who trust each other so it's, uh, I think in the conditions we are today in it's uh, the best solution and uh, I'm sure uh, it will increase the, the success of with locals
0: and um, yeah there's a lot of um, discussions now about what the new tourism will be in 2020 and it's looking like it's really going to be local tourists as you mentioned Dina a lot of Not a lot, but uh, the the start of tourism, it's beginning with Italians in Florence. Um, So we kind of project a lot of uh, locals visiting their own countries in different places. Um, How do you feel about that, having more local people do do your experiences, like Italian peoples in Florence, for example?
2: Well, it will be the first time for me. Um, I always have worked with... um, international tourist so it will be the first time um during these four years i had two italians but they had they actually have been living like for 20 years uh outside italy so you know it's a little bit different um i think it's going to be a really big challenge for me because um obviously the the way that i have to um Talk to them. It's in a totally different uh, way that I do, maybe with the Americans. So yeah. it's just uh, trying to to see how how uh, how I am I able to take the challenge? Yes, yes. It's a more um, I will say. Not less funny, but you know, with Americans, we all have uh, a lot of fun and we laugh all the time, and uh, and they are always making a lot of jokes, and and I think with the with the Italian, it's going to be more going exactly to to what you have to do to to do the uh, the tour and and listen to the information. But this is only my uh, my way of seeing things. Yes, this is only my way of uh, of seeing and, things, but it, you- it can be in a different way.
1: And do you think that, yeah, fellow Italians would also be looking for different kind of experiences? Let's
2: say that I cannot take uh, an an Italian to make a pasta lesson.
1: <laughs> no, that's. True, <laughs> I mean, they probably learned that somewhere during their when life they were <laughs> when they were two years old. They learned
0: that.
2: <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So yes, everything has to be new for them. They ha- it has to be uh, because. Let's face it. Uh, in Italy, since uh, since you're going to school, you know the the history, the art. So obviously, you have to introduce something different to them something something less, something more. Sorry, uh, that they don't know that's why it's so different working with uh, an international um, tourism because some of them they have heard about brunelleschi they have seen some movies so uh, they just have an uh, an idea a vague idea and it's it's beautiful because you, it's like you're an artist and you have a white uh, uh piece of um cloth where you can just you know put all your information in, and give that to them. With Italian, it's a little bit different. They already have um, the knowledge. So like I told you, it's it's hard to take them to make a pasta lesson or a food tour because they already know how it is. So it's, it's as well challenging because you need to find different uh, ways and tours in order to entertain
0: the, uh, pub- the Italian public. And and what about you, Benoir, how how would you feel about, because you're actually, uh, you're originally from Belgium.
3: So I've been taking tourists to Madagascar, Turkish tourists to Madagascar and mm-hmm. to Morocco, to foreign countries, especially French-speaking countries, because they find it difficult to find uh, French-speaking guides uh, or Spanish-speaking countries. So I've been doing that early. But to tell them about their own country is a, is a bit tricky because... Uh, You know, I'm not originally Turkish, so uh, tell them about their own history and I've done it, you know, with friends or uh, relatives and people who know me. I've I've taken them around the the main uh, attraction of Istanbul because a lot of them, they don't know the details. Mm -hmm. Uh, Also, now there's uh, two types of tourism. There's been two types of tourism in Turkey, what we call uh, outgoing and ingoing. Outgoing would be Turkish people. Uh, going, traveling uh, abroad. ingoing uh, would be foreigners coming to Turkey. So two different type of markets. So also um, Turkish uh, people, middle class people who would be interested in visiting Istanbul, uh, want to do it on uh, Sundays in general because uh, most uh, Turkish people don't have a long holidays. They're only free uh, one day a week uh, on Sundays or sometime uh, Saturday afternoon. So um, usually all those tours, they uh, um, for local people, take place on Sundays, not on weekdays.
0: I, I think also a big thing is that you hear, I think not so much with these uh, private guides uh, or with locals hosts, but I see with the the big group tours, they like to dramatize things and make these big stories for, for the entertainment, you know, but a lot of it, they're just telling, like, they're telling like very exaggerated or even lies. They just made up a story that another guy said. And I think now they're not going to get away with saying these things. Nope. <laughs> so, no, no, no. <laughs> everyone will fact check everything that, that they're saying. Yes. <laughs> So if we think a little bit more further into the future beyond uh, 2020, um, do you guys see, particularly for your own cities, uh, maybe to start with you, Dina, uh, long-term changes um, from this?
2: Well, probably the mask and, you know, the, the gel and Watching, washing the hands frequently, um, it would be something that we will get for a longer period, and maybe the social distance will get uh, smaller with the time.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, I think that at least for another year, and again, this is my personal uh, thinking. And Paige, you know how positive I, I am, so uh, for, I think that in a year, uh, maximum one year and a half, we can get to. Closer to the normal that we're used to. Um, probably the the quality of the tours obviously will be higher uh, because now we need to perceive more customers. So obviously, uh, well... We have to think of all the things we have to give to the customers, but by giving them, saying, uh, making them film, show, uh, letting, uh, allowing them to know the city. Okay. So I think that that's why I think this low tourism is going to be uh, something that it's going to start uh, thanks to this coronavirus mm-hmm. because people is not going to be able to travel as easily as uh, it was until January or February this year it's going to be a little bit harder although because um well everybody's afraid everybody's mm-hmm. afraid of uh, what can happen if they can get the virus and uh, one of the things that I think people is more afraid is the fact that they can if they can get the virus in the airplane and then they get to the city and they start feeling bad so you know there's a lot of things that uh, are happening in this moment, but I keep a really a really positive act, attitude, and I think that in a couple of years everything is going to be. Closer to the normal life that we are used to. Obviously, everything evolved and I can understand. And I, that I'm talking for experience that in uh, this period of time of uh, lockdown, I realized how social media, videos, podcasts uh, helps a lot to mm-hmm. to get um, people to know you. So I think that we are evolving. That's how uh, we are. Right. Every certain time we have to evolve and. Yes, things are changing. Maybe some persons, because of us, because they are afraid of traveling, they will prefer to do virtual tours. Or maybe because, uh, well, let's face it, a lot of persons lost their jobs. So... They are not going to be able to afford uh, a trip, so they will prefer, you know, instead of not seeing something, at least being able to see a virtual tour. So, yes, things are changing and we have to evolve. I think that uh, that's uh, one of the most important things, that we have to continue all that line in order to allow everybody to to learn about history. It's not a bad thing. For me, technology is not a bad thing. And, and it's the way that we are all moving. So it's not only with, uh, with tours, it's with uh, any kind of lesson with cooking classes, yoga lessons. Um, A lot of uh, trainers, they did all the training uh, online um, schools. So work, the same thing. So actually we're moving. It's, you know, where, where is the problem of that, that we're, we would lose a little bit of contact with the persons because we are going to be all the time in front of a computer, but let's face it, this as well, a good and a positive thing because, well, we are all in different countries in this same moment. We are all talking and we're having a nice um, conversation. So, you know, it's always check, take, taking the good and the instead of the bad of everything.
0: Yeah, and I definitely uh, know you to be a a very positive person. So, so <laughs> yes, I, I will follow your train of thought. I think, and and speaking about this, you kind of talked about yeah, we'll go more to normal, um, slightly new kind of normal. Um, do you think it's? It's good for for Florence that was, let's say, a little bit uh, suffering from over tourism. Would Would you be happy with a a reduced number, but maybe higher quality of uh, of tur- tourism?
2: Well, um, as a guide, because of the kind of the job that I do, I get. Tourists that they come just for half day or just for one day or they stay for a week or even more. So uh, for me that is not a problem, but I totally understand places like uh, restaurants or stores uh, um, that at the end they don't get anything from those customers because maybe they just you know they are walking through the streets and they see a panini, they see a panino place and they get the, a panino from there. Um, so. I, I understand when some um, persons can complain about the persons that are not staying for a long period and that they call it slow tourism uh, in the city or maybe they complain about the cruise ships. Unfortunately, as a person, there's just a little that we can do about that. And And like I said, I don't like to complain because at the end, that's what it makes me being able to pay my bills and to do something that I love. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, I, I cannot complain. I, I don't share that kind of uh, of, uh, of thinking. I don't share it a lot uh, at all.
0: Benoît, what about you? How do you see the future beyond COVID-19, beyond 2020? Yeah. How will things look in Istanbul in, uh, in the sense of tourism?
3: Yeah, I think the the mentality of the tourists might change. Uh, in the past, you know, you would you would come to um, a, a new city and you would want to see the highlights and finish in one or two days. Uh, now, uh, those highlights uh, can be potentially dangerous because the crowd of people, you will avoid crowd of people. So you, I think people will uh, spend uh, more time in one place and... Uh, choose um, experiences uh, where there are not a lot of other people doing them, sort of private experiences. For example, hiking, uh, um, for example, will be very popular. Uh, There will be more uh, people uh, demanding uh, to take them around in your own car or in a rented car because they don't want to move in the public transport or or in... um, even taxes and things like that. So I think that would provide uh, alternative for tourism, like also um, cooking classes, because in cooking classes, uh, this involves few people and uh, one one or two instructors and uh, a small group, uh, like four or five people. Uh, So this will become uh, more fashionable uh, than the classical uh, highlights and things like that and the people also would like maybe would uh, enjoy more uh, staying with families which is possible in turkey because people are very uh, helpful and uh, very very sociable and very hospitable so uh, when I speak with the tourist and I ask them, what is, uh, what was your favorite experience? Always, ah, you remember when uh, we had a dinner with this family and they explained and we met the children and they talk. That's what the people really usually enjoy. And now it will be the case more than ever. Yeah. So slow tourism, more social contacts, more getting into the feeling of the city. And understanding, uh, trying to meet the locals, the people. I think we are going that way.
0: So I think in so, the end, it, it it sounds it sounds like the times can be a little bit difficult just now, but uh, in the future, it could look bright for 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 tourism. In the end, that people will actually spend more time in the city and um, you know try to get more out of it and understand more the culture culture rather than jumping from city to city to city to city uh very very fast so yeah I think it's been very interesting to talk to you both really about the your perception on tourism and how it's changing and I definitely feel like I, I learn a lot because you're both um you know professional guides yeah. Um, now to go a little bit away from the topic of COVID-19, Ikram has a couple yeah, of we Yeah, uh,
1: we, uh, we had a new segment uh, that we came up with, Peggy and I, and uh, uh, it's, it's nothing uh, crazy, nothing scary, but uh, just a couple of questions to, uh, to try and get to know uh, our locals a little bit better. So, okay, you already said, both of you, that you're foodies, so maybe uh, uh, I'm going to ask you guys the same question, but first, Benoit. If there was only one dish that you could still eat from Turkey, um, which dish would it be? Only one.
3: I love yogurt. Yogurt. uh, (laughs) Turkish yogurt. yogurt (laughs) Turkey is one of the best in the world. And it's a bit like ketchup, the mayonnaise of the Turkish Turkish people. They add yogurt everywhere. And uh, a lot of people also, uh, yes, make their own yogurt at home. We do it as well. And we buy our milk from the farm here and uh, uh, unpasteurized so that we are, so we do um, the perfect yogurt here. Sounds local Turkish people might uh, eat uh, two kilos per uh, <laughs> <at the> week <laughs> and per person wow. of yogurt.
0: Wow, you guys oh, must have, you very, must have healthy. very healthy guts. You uh, know, your gut health is going to be <laughs> off the charts.
3: When you think of Turkish food, everyone thinks about kebab, which is... Uh, a bit of uh, a wrong idea about Turkish uh, gastronomy. So we, we eat a lot of vegetables. And um, like uh, when a Turkish person goes abroad and uh, the, one of the, first, especially for, for, to a South American country or to, to a European country with a very heavy uh, meat diet, they always miss their own vegetables. So I would say yogurt and vegetables.
1: Nice. Sounds like good, good choice. Healthy choice as well. Really healthy, yeah. uh, very healthy
0: diet. And for you, uh, I mean, Dina?
2: Just one thing.
0: And yeah, and maybe, maybe Benoit broke the rules a little bit by saying <laughs> yeah. oh, all of the vegetables and yogurt. He stretched yeah. it, he stretched it. So let's see what you come up with.
2: <laughs> oh my God, it's so difficult. It's so difficult because we have... The food, the cheese, absolutely everything. The meat is incredible. The bistecca, if you have been here, you know, the T-bone steak, it's uh, bistecca la ferentina. It's just amazing. But if I, I have to choose just one, I will say uh, tagliatelle with um, ragù uh, sauce made out of um, wild boar.
1: Sounds really delicious. It's oh, pasta with, uh, yeah, it's pasta oh. with uh,
2: uh, wild boar ragù. Yes, I think that's that. That would be the thing that I, I would, I could never ever stop eating. Yes, it's it's one of my absolutely favorite things.
1: Well, then, then maybe also to stay uh, with you, uh, uh, Dino, because I have a, a follow up question. This I thought it's ragu
3: name. was Napolitan.
1: No, uh, well, uh, ragu would be
3: oh, the, the
2: name of the, of the sauce. Let's say the ragu is the um, the meat that it has been uh, green. Okay, so in Tuscany we have a lot of um wild boars, and the ragu is made out of uh, the wild boar meat.
0: We'll see. We'll see when we publish the podcast if we get any comments from uh, Neapolitan people <laughs> saying ragu is ours. <laughs> we yes, own the ragu. Yeah. Stop claiming yes. it. <laughs> a follow-up
1: question, then uh, Dina. What was the funniest? or maybe even craziest thing that happened to you on your tour?
2: Well, I have one funny and I have one crazy. So uh...
1: share both, please. We're in for this story. <laughs> We're here for this.
2: So uh, the funniest, and I think the one, um, there are two, two different tours that I remember. And when I think about my job, those are the, the two tours, not I love all my tourists and I, I actually keep contact with all of them, but uh, there was something about these two that made them, uh, so, so special. Um, first it's uh, a family that came from Singapore and, uh, they were the parents, their grandmother and three kids. They were tired. The father actually booked with, with locals with me, uh, three days. And they were already, two days, sorry. And they were already doing a lot of things, coming from other cities. They were tired. And I can see it. I I was able to feel it. I was able to see that they were really tired. So, well, we started the tour slowly, slowly. They started feeling a little bit more. And, And, you know, I tried to make it really slow. So, the first day uh, we went to have dinner together. The second day, I will never forget that the smaller um the smaller kid when we went to the Uffizi that it's a museum here in Florence. We all had the headset because he was a larger group, so it was better to get uh, the headsets. But he was all the time close to me. He didn't want to leave my side. Even when we had dinner together, he said, no, I have to sit down with dinner. And he was super intelligent. He knew a lot of things, all of them. And at a certain point in the meantime that I was walking with the headset, sometimes, you know, I put my microphone uh, in the meantime that I was walking down. So he was talking in the microphone <laughs> and making his own um, tour guide of the museum. <laughs>
1: <How> sweet.
2: <laughs> so sweet. So we were having such much. Yeah, really, we had a lot of fun that day. And we're still in contact, actually. They, they're really nice and then another one that I remember is that I had a a food tour and it was four hours a food tour so when we sat down and we were having coffee and we started the tour um I told them how it was going to be the tour and that we were going to be together for, for four hours so the husband said to me can we make it like one hour and a half or two and I said well you pay for the tour that is for hours and you know we start with coffee and we finish with gelato so actually you have to have all the experience uh of the food and he was like well let's see how it goes okay if if in one hour and a half i don't feel it so we are going to leave it there don't worry end of the story we spent five hours and a half
0: together (laughs) we wanted more
2: Yes, they want her more. So our inside joke was the fact of that he wanted two hours maximum of the tour. And at the end, we had like five hours and a half. Yes. Yeah. I hope
0: they, we, I hope to give you a tip.
2: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. And we're still friends. Yes. But I have to tell you, these are the two that, uh, that are the funniest, but every single tourist have left uh, a mark in my heart, in my life, um, especially in this period of time. Uh, I got I would say hundreds of emails wow. of my tourists, of my customers, my friends that uh, they wrote me and and uh, <laughs> and um well, they offer to send me whatever I needed. Uh, if I need a place where to stay, I was able to go with them. So you know it's it's a really amazing job.
1: Yeah, but it also means that you really yeah, left a beautiful memory and mark for them, so something to be really proud of as well. Yeah. Yes, yes.
2: Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I love all of them. Yes, it's uh, so I picked these two just because they they make me laugh a lot, but every single customer has I remember every single one. Uh all of them. I I had something special which each Person in each group that I that I ha- I had since I started doing this as a job.
0: That's really it's really amazing, and I think you will have plenty more to come in the in the future, Dina. Yes, yes I
1: hope.
2: So. I hope.
1: Yes, I hope that too as well. And let's see if Benoit has any uh, fun or crazy stories to uh, to let um, us laugh.
3: Yes, I have uh, a few. Uh, one of them uh, when I was doing the hiking tour in Cappadocia. I used to lead German groups, like 14, 15 persons. And uh, at the end of the day, or once in a while, I would uh, organize a small surprise, like uh, something which was not on the program, uh, which would please the guests, like uh, bringing a bottle of wine and uh, taking them to a place with a beautiful um, landscape and uh, drink something together. Uh, so um one day I did uh, I I I told them that I had a surprise and uh I opened a bottle of wine and then uh, one of the ladies said uh why didn't you why didn't you tell us that uh, there was a surprise at the end of the tour <laughs> so that was quite interesting <laughs> you make a surprise <laughs> and they ask you why uh, do you uh, didn't you tell us there would be a surprise they want they to know the
1: f- they want to know the full itinerary yeah,
3: yeah yes 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 uh, they were germans so they like organization and uh, programmization
0: <laughs> uh, <then laughs> uh,
3: so another interesting um case was uh, on a food tour so sometimes i prepare breakfast at home and uh, i bring it to a uh, um, a coffee house, and uh, so it takes me like one or two hours for the preparation, and and I have people tasting like uh, ten to twenty uh, different dishes, and uh, so I had this Can I uh, couple come to your and, tour. <laughs> yeah, 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 So I'm also and, joining. Uh, so I had, uh, I, I had uh, an American couple, and uh, uh, they. I only had two person that day. And um, so they started to eat, but you know, like half a teaspoon of, of uh, not even one third of what I had prepared. And then they said, "How ah, where do we go next?" And then we went. Uh, they hardly ate anything. And then they went to another place, and uh, I asked them, um, "Would you like to try this?" So I ordered a few things, and again they hardly ate anything, and the same for four or five different restaurants we went to. So it was really. Difficult, you know, to have people who are not eating and who are taking part in a food tour. So at the end, they told me, you know, we have to make you a small confidence. We don't like to eat, but we just joined the tour because we heard it was a great tour.
1: <laughs> what? Uh. So,
3: yes. So they didn't, want, they didn't like to eat, but they joined the food tour.
0: That's crazy
2: yeah it had happened to me as well yeah really yes how is this a thing
0: oh sorry maybe they just
2: sorry maybe they want to learn about the the food being different but they are not food lovers so so it could be that as well yes
0: maybe there's a, a niche there like a food tour without food Without eating, <laughs> we don't know. Yes, look we just show food. you the
1: food.
2: <laughs> yeah, look
0: at this delicious pizza hey, with amazing the trees. <laughs> you guys it. can eat it? I mean, yeah. the food is yeah, there anyway. Exactly. Right? Yeah.
2: Yeah. Exactly. What a what a hard work, right?
0: <laughs> I, I think if you were a, a tour guide doing that every day, you need to be a professional eater. If <laughs> you had to eat the the food for food tours all by yourself every day, it's going to be hard
2: exactly yes yes
3: yes so you have to pace yourself of course at the beginning when i started the food tour i would eat a lot but uh, after a few months uh, you you start not eating at all or you eat uh, really uh, little because as you're talking about food all the time you have the impression that you are eating so at the end of the day when i come back let's say at five at home I suddenly realized, oh, I haven't been eating anything. I've just been talking about food. And then I get terribly angry and I start uh, eating like crazy after the tour.
2: Oh, I was the opposite when I was doing my food tours.
3: I was eating with a costume. <laughs> 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 so, well, actually, it, it was It depends it how many, many customers you, you have. If you have one or two or three, you tend to eat because there will uh, always be too much. So you're a bit sorry yes. to leave, you know, uneaten. But if there are six or seven, so, um, and you have to explain about everything, you spend a lot of time talking. So sometimes you don't really have time to eat.
2: Exactly. No. You know what is my problem? Uh, the fact that since we also make tastings of wine and people with the time want to, you know, uh, have you as well to share the experience of wine. So uh, I just came out uh, I, I start telling everybody I don't drink when I work. Yes. <laughs> and then I just get a, a small drop and that's it. Uh, yes. Yes, <laughs> you know? yes.
3: Otherwise it would be difficult. Yes.
0: I think it would be really hard. as as well if you start to become friends with your guide and you have this nice feeling and the wine starts coming, you just want to, you know, Kick back and enjoy Just, the wine and kind of have a party with them that night,
3: maybe. Yes, yes and, it can
0: happen as well.
3: <laughs> and the tour never stops, you know. So you know.
0: <laughs> it can go forever. Four days later, you end up in a different <laughs> city. Where am I? <laughs>
2: Instead of a five-hour tour four, I get the four days, yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> Well,
1: guys, wow. Thank you for sharing, actually, those moments and also uh, yeah, we now we know what we have to eat when we come to Istanbul and when we come yes. to uh, Florence as well. Uh, before we finish up, I have one final question. Actually, Peggy and I uh, have one final question, uh, which we want to ask both of you as guides. Um, starting with you, Benoit, do you have any advice that you want to share with travelers who come to your city?
3: Um, well uh, in the past I used to say don't take taxis um, you know either walk or take the public transport because now I don't know really um, you know with but the public transport was really good and uh, the people would come with a taxi would always get late and get cheated by the taxi driver so I would say uh, try to find a hotel close to the place you want to visit uh, because people uh, uh, People spend a lot of time and waste a lot of time in traffic jams.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's, I think, very solid advice. Good one. And for you, Dina, what would it be? Uh,
2: for me, it would be um, try to enjoy absolutely everything to see the things in a different way now, uh, because it is like that. We are going to enjoy everything in a different way. Uh, I, I, I never really believed that... It was going to be so hard and difficult to stay at home in pajamas and watching netflix every single day right so. yeah who would have known exactly <laughs> exactly so so it was hard uh, especially because when you get pajamas you it all the time you don't realize what how much weight you're gaining so <laughs> it's pretty hard uh but yes enjoy absolutely everything that you see in every single city they do visit, um, keep it with you in your heart, because those are the things that actually uh, stay with us. And um, well, this is an advice that I always give to my customers uh, at the first moment that we meet. I know that when you're on uh, holidays, you tend to relax and we tend to relax. I have done the same thing, uh, because obviously you don't have the stress of the job and going from one there to one uh, place to the other one. But my advice is always to not to relax too much, to just be aware of your surrenders, because unfortunately. Um, in all the touristy cities because if i go to new york is the same thing if i go to london is the same thing i have seen it in paris so just be aware of the people that is around you because unfortunately uh there's pickpockets everywhere so yeah. so so that's that's the main thing keep all your things with you uh your backpacks in front of you. So this is the 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 thing that I always say to my customers. It's not a bad thing. It's just that I always say to my, for example, to my American customers, what you would say to me if I go for the first time to New York. Yeah. Be aware. Be aware. Yeah, exactly. It's so, a golden so, travel rule. Exactly. Yes, yeah. I would say that that's uh, that's an important thing to remember.
1: Well, thank you both actually for sharing these kind of advices but also insights into uh into your life with us here and uh well we're going to wrap it up for everyone who was uh was listening so i hope that this episode uh, allows everyone who is listening to think in ways that they can now uh, soon enjoy traveling again and and dream about delicious food and even if it's uh, maybe a little bit closer to home or people are going to uh, uh, jump on that plane safely and travel to beautiful cities like Florence and uh, Istanbul. Uh, we think that you guys, uh, Benoit and, uh, and Dina, definitely uh, shared some inspiration and very good stories with them. Thank go. you. For everyone, Thank have a too. wonderful morning, day and good night. And uh,
2: You too. Thank you for everything. A Thank big you. hug.
1: <laughs> a big Matching. virtual hug.